This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. Another game where we have gone toe-to-toe with a Premier League opposition and not looked out of place. We went a goal behind and equalised almost instantly. Several chances to win the game, especially in the second half of extra time, but it went to penalties and simply wasn't meant to be. Extremely narrow margins, but someone has to lose in their cup game and it wasn't our time. Ultimately disappointing, but proud nonetheless. Matt is with me and Matt... We'll talk about your pre-match experience a little bit later, but uh, you must have left the city ground with an immense sense of pride. Yeah, just be um, to give a bit of a heads up. There's nothing to do with Nottingham Hooters or anything, isn't there? <laughs> you know? um, do you know what, Patch? That's that's the word. Um, it was absolute pride. Um, being stood in that away end at the end um, and applauding the players and, and applauding Sam Bell, um, stood next to mates as well. Um, yeah, it was it was a. It is a, a game actually that will live long in the memory, and the atmosphere will live long in the memory, despite um, the result. But obviously, penalties is one of those things. And interestingly, when I was driving back, I was listening to Radio Nottingham, and they had um, Steve Sutton on there, um, and they were saying they don't think Nottingham Forest have ever lost a penalty shootout, um, and they were going to check it. But right. kind of, you know, if if you're going into it as a club with that kind of record, there's a, a degree of confidence. But yeah, it's just. As we know, it's not a nice way to go out of any competition, but especially the way we played in that extra time. Um, you know, it's a game I think they'll feel that they absolutely should have won. Yeah, but was, yeah, was, immense pride, mate. Was Steve Sutton the goalkeeper back in '89? Uh, I think he was actually. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm pretty sure been. he was. I'm sure um, someone, someone will correct us if he. Yeah, if he Steve. Wasn't. I know the other one they had on there was Steve Chettle, and he he was on the bench. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was. Okay. All right. Um, we'll do our talk club check-in. And uh, Matt, uh, pre-match, uh, it was like challenge challenge Annika back here at uh, Warner Towers. You were stuck in immense traffic, um, shared, sh- sharing your position with me uh, back in Bristol. And I was trying to navigate you around the traffic. It was quite quite exciting. Um, but uh, you, you actually made it in a little bit late. So just talk us through your experience and how you're feeling out of 10 today. Yeah, so I left Bristol at half past two, um, which should have got me to to um, my parking space from from Just Park, which is like a mile from the ground at quarter past five. Made plans to meet our, our guest who's on the pod, um, and three and a half miles out from Nottingham, um, Satnav came up said I need to turn left for Grantham um, in seven hundred and fifty feet on ways because it's not. Um, not sort of much distance and it was just a solid line of traffic so I was nowhere I was going to cut in and, and you know Patch I'm not one of those that drives down as far as they can in, in a contra flow um, no, me neither absolutely yeah, not yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I carried on took the next left which was into an industrial estate and it was just gridlocked um, going back sort of the, the way I wanted to go and it, it transpired that a, a lorry had shed its load over one of the main bridges in, yeah. but also it had a fuel leak. Um, so I, I was sat in it for a good probably hour and a half, then spoke to you. 
you and Roman then kindly <laughs> guided me out through this industrial estate through God knows where in Nottingham. But as, as you know, mate, everywhere was gridlocked everywhere. And listening to Radio Nottingham, they, they had Nottingham Forest fans saying, you know, the game needs to be delayed because of the traffic. Um, but eventually I kind of got, got to where I needed to get to ground-wise. Um, then, then when I got to the ground, of course, I was the exact opposite end of where I needed to be um, <laughs> or opposite side. So, yeah, it was it was a, very much a challenge, mate. But your, yours and Roman's help was very much appreciated because <laughs> I, I got to the point where I was actually just going to go in because I thought yeah. I'm just not going to make the, even the second half. Yeah. Now, as it was, I kind of got there for um, towards the end of the first half in I guess, luckily for me, I, I got to see extra time in penalties, but I'd listened to it all on the radio, albeit it was Radio Nottingham as opposed to, to Bristol. So all things considered, how are you feeling out of 10 tonight? So I got, got home at about half past one, quarter to two. Um, I've had a full-on day from half seven, so I'm probably a six at the moment, if I'm honest with you. That's, that's quite high. That is yeah, quite high yeah, considering yeah, what you've yeah. been through. Yeah, um, but uh, this our guest will bring in now, and our guest was downstairs getting a pie. Um, and actually, when he went downstairs to get a pie in the Coventry game, we actually scored. So maybe he was trying that tactic Could again. Been, and uh, he just explained to me uh, before we started recording that he turned around, heard the turnstiles clicking, and in walks Matt Withers. So Adam <laughs> Gould, tell us about your encounter with Matt, and how are you feeling out of ten? Hi guys, you okay? How are we doing? I couldn't quite believe that this sweaty mess had survived the That's journey. Polite. And it was very polite. I was wondering how to word that right at the start of the pod. Um, and I never take pleasure in people's misery, but by the time we'd sort of settled back to our seats and I'd, I'd saved a seat in a decent position for Matt for most of the yeah. first half, much to those around me's disgust, um, I did have a little smile on myself and I looked down at Matt and he was a bit flustered and I thought, that's brilliant. It did make me smile, mate. I didn't say at the I, time because you were, you you were mate, a little you were... annoyed. Did you just say you were a little annoyed? Yeah, you were very kind. Thank you, my friend. Um, oh, but to check in, do you know what? I'm going to go, and this is probably the highest check-in I've ever done. I'm going to give myself a nine. Right. I was full of so much pride for last night. I drove up on my own, left at two o'clock, half day and all of that. We all go through crazy things, but to go to a proper game, a proper cup tie and a proper old ground under the lights. I thought the city fans were superb. Um, we've spoke about it on the pod and you guys speak about it a lot of the time with some of the youthful element on a Saturday. Don't create the atmosphere that we used to always get last night. Didn't feel like that. It felt like a proper cup tie, a proper atmosphere. And we went toe to toe over 120 minutes with a premier league team with strength and depth, like you'll never see. And, and I was just bursting with pride, a real cheesy thing. I was proud of the boys, but I really was last night. Mm. And I woke up, I'm probably running on empty because I went to bed just after two and I was up again just after half five. But I don't know whether a sleep deprivation, but let's say a nine. And um, yeah, I'm still smiling now, especially when I'm just hearing Matt again talk about everything <laughs> that. That's making me smile even more. So yeah, I'll go nine. Well, despite listening on the radio in the hope that uh, a stream would magically appear, I don't think there's anyone in the world that found a stream of the game. So it was like being transported back to the 90s, listening on the radio to, to Gary Hours and, and Radio Bristol. Uh, but even even myself, who I was in bed by quarter to 11, I still couldn't sleep because of the, the, the amount of 
comments and uh, and pride coming through on the radio on twitter uh and and i didn't probably get to sleep till till half 12 one o'clock myself so a little bit tired myself this morning day at work and so i'm probably going to go in at about a seven uh so that's where where i currently am um so, so it's yeah, that of interest punch. what 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 was it like listening to it on the radio and getting oh. that full gary hours ed hadwin experience uh, frustrating that i couldn't see it with my own eyes yeah, because you you can't tell. I actually watched the game on Bet three six five, but it was like right. old school Championship Manager with like you know the ball flying around a little graphic screen, and then it's like dangerous, oh, right. okay. dangerous attack for Nottingham Forest and all of that sort of stuff. And it was it was about fifteen seconds ahead of the commentary, but at least I I could prepare myself for what was to come. Uh, so I, it was interesting. I wonder why. Bet three six five the week before you could watch it in play. Uh, I'm sure there's some right. I, I just can't but, believe yeah. it that there must have been thousands of people at in Bristol around the world that would happily yeah. have paid five pound, ten pound, fifteen pound, whatever, to yeah. watch that game. Yeah, um, right. So uh, I don't know the reasons, but madness, Adam. Just before we dive into that, I felt yesterday the atmosphere, and I, oh, I didn't even talk to you about this, Matt, despite watching the game with you. I thought the atmosphere was great. Um, there was a few sound bites from Dickie and Manning thanking the fans and things like that. How did it come across on the radio like that? I thought I thought we were superb last night as a body of fans. Yeah, all could... together as well, wasn't it? You know, it was all of us together having a little pockets. Yeah, I could constantly hear city chants throughout the whole the whole thing. So absolutely, yeah. Congratulations to everyone who made the trip. Um, you know, mid midweek game, I have work commitments, can't couldn't make it, but there's you know a good a good few thousand. I don't know the the actual figures, but um, yeah, well done to everyone who made it, despite the transport problems, as always seems to be the case. And then coming home, Matt, there's always a bloody closure of some sort. Yeah, the M42 had a, a closure, so it just took me off on the M6. It um, sort of passed Villa, passed Villa that way, yeah. yeah. Um, nice nice tour of Coles Hill around sort yeah. of 11.30. But it was, I mean, it, 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 yeah. it, I mean yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest to say it was, clear so you know i was able to to, to keep yeah. to the speed limit pretty much all the way 70 miles an hour top yes exactly yes right okay let's get to the game then so the starting lineup um hayden roberts and andy king making their first start since october um uh, the 25th i believe uh and matty james who was carrying a knock makes uh, makes the bench so we lined up o'leary in goal a back four of mccrory viner dickie roberts then you've got your two holding midfielders in king and williams and then right to left bell knight and mametti with conway up top so we lined up in a four five one according to you know bristol live radio bristol is that how you saw it adam yeah, four, five, one, or we were we were four, three, three at times. Um, we definitely had a back four, which was probably the sensible thing. You know, it's the old school that everybody's used to. When you've got first time in some Ross, time, it is a first time. Yeah, you've got Roberts playing for the first time for a, a very long time. McCory's sitting into a back four meant Zach was on a different side. So I think that was a sensible to go to a, a flat back four rather than try to be too clever. Um, the intelligence of King, Joe, and, and Knighty in the middle, they sort of dictated who went where and when they did it. So 4-3-3, possibly, at times when we were in possession of the ball. And I think that surprised Forrest a little bit because we were very front foot. 
rather than sitting back, which are, they may have expected from us, even though they only played us a week ago. But yeah, it's, it's how I saw it. And I was quite pleased with that solid back four that we had. And it set us in good stead. Matt, the bench was Bajic, Knight LaBelle, Tanner, Backwell, James, Taylor Clark, uh, Cornick, and Wells. Uh, we haven't seen Omar Taylor Clark on the bench and in the in around the first team squad for for a little while. But the the squad with the suspensions and the injuries was was really down to the bare bones, wasn't it? Yesterday. Yes, yeah, it's, it's ironic, isn't it? Because you you imagine within potentially even a week for the Southampton game, that's going to look very, very different with with players returning. But the suspensions killed us a little bit yesterday. Um, and and funnily enough, when when I was sort of chatting to Adam, um, as I'd got in there and trying to get the download from what I'd missed, I sort of said to him, you know, who's, who's on the bench? And actually, for probably a minute... Adam <laughs> said, of, you are. Yeah, you better get yourself over there. From, who did you say, Ed? I don't know if it was Tanner right. or... I, um, I said we, we had Tanner and, Tanner and Matty James, who's not fit to play. Um, yeah. I, I forgot all about Naki and the rest of them, you know, the Knight LaBelle's and Taylor Clark. And yeah. I just, oh my, I just, there was nothing. I couldn't really think of anyone. I felt like, oh no, Matt's asking me a question. I don't even know we got on the bench here. <laughs> mm. yeah. It wasn't the strongest of benches, to be honest. No. No. Interestingly enough, into in, their bench, which you know the players that they were able to bring on. Yeah, in, interestingly enough, uh, there was a game at the same time happening mm. um, over wherever it was, Ashton Gate. Oh, I can't remember where it was, but it was the H- HPC. Yeah, yeah, it was the under 18s and they they put out some players in in that. And I don't know if you've seen the goals today, but uh, there was some a fantastic goal uh, from Morrison. Yeah, a lovely bit of skill yeah. and and bent it bent it in near the top corner with his with his left foot Elijah Morrison, but that under 18s team uh, featured uh, Yaboa up top Nelson, uh, Mir Holtz who's been on the bench as well Joe James uh, and a number of a number of other players so uh, a strong uh, a strong team there for the under 18s at the HPC last night, uh, so yeah it was down to, to as you say to to the bare bones. Great to see um, Backwell still in amongst the substitutes, right? Um, so let's get to the starting lineup. So we've done that. Let's get to the minutes, I should say, as coined by Adam Gould himself all those years ago. Uh, so seventh the minute. I, the only time I get credit for this is when I'm on. You forget that every <laughs> That's single a good time. Point. Do you know that is a good point, yeah. Adam. You get yeah. the, I won't like, mention it. Rob's out in Leeds words. Yeah. Don't like don't like to talk about it. Actually, <laughs> saying that we don't didn't have any we Leeds have... three words. I'll, I'll message him as we're talking. Yeah, maybe we can get them uh, live at some point. But uh, Leeds three words will come up later in the podcast. Right. Seventh minute, shaky start from City and a move from Forrest that ended in a great save from Max O'Leary down to his right-hand side. The move came down City's right, crossed in and King makes the block. The ball ricochets up to Viner who narrowly avoids a handball and it's recycled by Forrest and it's Gibbs White who unleashes a shot which Max saves well. So Adam, were cool. Max O'Leary was called on really early in the game. Great save right in front of us, got down very, very quickly. And he hit that. Gibbs White impressed from minute one. He showed some lovely touches all the way through the evening. But they started really strong, really quick. They always play that song, don't they, at the start at Forest, which we, we heard at the start. Well, the first half, second yeah. half, Muller guitar, and they all get going. <laughs> it, they seem to play it every 10 minutes because we had it at the start of extra time, second half, extra time. And the, the crowd was up. We were struggling to make ourselves heard a little bit. And they started extremely strong. And I can remember saying that the David I was stood with before Matt was there, 
let's try and keep it tight for the first 15, 20. We could be in for a shoe in here. But yeah, great save to start off with. But we were already in a game, minute one. Yeah, literally in the next minute, would, Matt. Go on. Sorry, mate. I would just say on that, Anis loses the ball up the field and it's sort of passed through, as you say. You're right about Viner avoiding the handball, but I think that's because of poor control as much as anything. Um, and even then, Anis is kind of switched off as the ball comes back. So, you know, it was, it, and it was a bit of a pattern, but we should have cleared that. But it was an, a, a brilliant save from Max. Yeah, absolutely. And and in the next minute, it's the goal. It's, uh, it's um, a corner whipped in from the city right, which is flicked on by Felipe's head. And not sure how much Origi knows about it, but it hits him somewhere and goes in. Claims of handball, but VAR, which was in play, says goal uh we could see adam that it it well i could hear that it had gone to var but uh i don't know if you could see what part of divok Origi took the ball into the net there was a there was a chant and or sorry a claim from the crowd um myself included that it's hit his hand he, he sort of spins and it brushes off of his chest in that sort of movement with the shoulder moving towards the ball um and then came a very strange eerie 20 seconds where max has respotted it bit of gamesmanship as if to say well it's a free kick we're not giving it yeah. they've jogged back to the halfway line our two center halves dicky and viner have gone left and right as if to say we're playing out we know it's handball and we experience var and the crowd start chanting var and it was i'm saying this is kind of feels like a first for me you know that we've yeah. got i know we had it up at west ham but it, it was a real decision and we we are adamant because you're in the moment you've had a beer we're adamant that's handball that's handball and the players were still saying it's handball, but as soon as VAR gave that in the crowd, we I, I kind of sort of shut up because mm. it's clearly not handball. <laughs> the players didn't argue. And I looked at Joe Williams because if there's going to be one player that is going to have a debate and get in the ref's face, if you like, it will be Joe. Mm. And he accepted it straight away. So I think those on the pitch kind of knew. And I think we had to go through the motions, but Really interesting to be in the ground and see how that atmosphere changed between the home fans, away fans, and the players as well, you know. And I didn't, well, I've only done it once, but I didn't enjoy it. I would like to have still been given the ref a bit of stick 20 minutes in for handball, <laughs> even if it wasn't, because it does detract from the atmosphere. But yeah, it's sort of come off and we didn't know anything about it. And before yeah. you know it, we're 1 0 down. Matt, the goal obviously conceded from a set piece, which would have been worked on in the training ground, but it was whipped in with such ferocity. And that's how I like to see corners whipped in because uh, you've only got to gla get a glancing header on it to transfer that power across to someone and it could hit anyone in the box and go in. Which is kind of what happened, wasn't it? I mean, that that Felipe that will, we'll, I know me and Adam will definitely talk about it a bit later on, but um, he did well to get the head on it like he did. Um Obviously, as I said, I was listening to it on, on BBC Radio Nottingham and they were then describing how he did the most embarrassing forward flip that they'd ever seen in a celebration. And I haven't seen that back, so I don't, I don't know whether no, Adam I saw it, but they were kind of saying about it and he ran off celebrating it wasn't even his goal. So, But that, that kind of summed up what he was like last night as well, but we will talk more about him. I think I was in referee mode at that stage. I wasn't yeah. watching the celebration. Yeah, I was shouting handball at the top of my voice as, as yeah. many times as I could to try and yeah. change some sort of division for some, someone sitting in the studio 100 miles away. Yeah. Just, um, just on the Mullock entire thing, um, 
It's been a foster anthem ever since the glory days when they were champions of Europe, made famous obviously by Paul McCartney and Wings. The song was released in late 77 before being adopted by the Forest Faithful during the season they won the first division in 1978. Red supporters changed the lyrics as the most often as the mist often rolled in from the Trent. Um, and they decided to pump the song the first time out of the city ground prior to the clash against Yeovil Town in 2008. So thank you to the Nottingham Post for that. Don't care. Uh, I thought that was... Um... Picking up for Adam because it was played so many times. <laughs> I thought that you were going to... I thought you were going to say that that was Lee's three words, Mull of Kintyre. Mull of Kintyre, yeah. yeah, could have been um, that, yeah. Right, into the 14th minute, the equaliser came from a great example of recycling the ball as McCrory passes it back to Max, Max to Dickey, to Williams, to Roberts, carrying it forward, inside to Jason Knight. Neat bit of skill from Jason Knight. He feeds Andy King, who we know can hit them, uh, and he does so with power and accuracy. The keeper pushes it onto the post. Sam Bell collects it from the opposite side uh, of the goal mouth, rolls it neatly to Jason Knight, who's still got plenty to do, Adam, and bodies getting in the way, and he makes no mistake and scores, and it's a 1-1. Matt's going mental in the car, and you're all yep. going mental in the ground. Certainly did. Limbs, they call that, I think. Limbs. What a move from right back to left back in the midfield, into the centre midfield. Another switch across. And as soon as it gets to Kingy, they back off and they back off. And you watch the highlights back and it, it's quicker than acid. But in real life, it's going slow. And, and you're saying, just hit it, hit it. And, and the more and more they backed off. I don't know whether Kingy was looking to push it again, but they backed off so much. He had to shoot. He caught it so well. And I think... I've only watched it a couple of times. I think it hits both posts. Yes, yes. Sam changes his direction. Keeper pushes it onto the post and then it goes across and yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the in, yeah. inside of the left hand up right comes across and hits the other the other side as you're the keeper. Um, and then Belly kept his head. Young lad keeps his head. Could have slashed it with his left foot. Mm. Could have been greedy. Really head up. Yeah. 90 points to where he wants the ball. Sam puts it on a plate. Tidy little finish. Still had a bit to do, but a tidy finish. But... How many players, Patch? Can you just read that out again? How many players did it touch? It was a really it good back of the net. Really what good move. So move. McCrory back to Max, to Dickey, to Williams, to Roberts, inside to Knight, to King, to Bell, to Knight. So it involved nine, eight nine pass move. Yeah. Eight players, nine passes against the Premier League opposition at yeah. home, who were very, very good at defending, because that's what they have to do in the Premier League take nothing away from this scratch midfield of Knight and Kingy. Understand if you play football, partnerships and understanding your centre-half partner or your centre-midfield partner, who's mm. going to go, who's going to wait, who's going to press. This is still early on in the game. What an impressive, intelligent, professional thing for a midfield and a team to be able to do with what we've just said, a scratch team. Yeah. Roberts is involved in it. Brilliant. What a goal. Brilliant Matt, goal. we've we've spoken about Andy King in the past, and we know, we know what he's capable of. And uh, Leicester fans would have seen him score goals like that in the past. H Andy King hits the ball, scores a goal, was a chant when we were up at Leicester, and uh, yeah, he, he certainly showed that he's got an eye for goal. He's not. I don't think he's featured since sort of October, October time. Yeah, um, and to put in the shift that he did, um, and the biggest compliment I can can pay to him is that when I think we changed it around, the subs definitely had a difference. And it definitely had a difference with King in midfield. Um, it was, it was a cracking shot, it, you know, almost kind of Kingy of old, really. And you, you, you forget that he had all those injury problems in Belgium. Um, 
you know, and then with us, he's kind of been very in and out and had the, the various problems that he's had with us. Um, but not nice that he had that kind of moment, really, because um, the likelihood is you think that he's probably not going to get a new contract in the summer and that this probably is his last season with us. Um, I'd like to see him stay on in some sort of coaching capacity, I've got to be honest. But yeah, it was a great, you, great finish. When you hear Andy King's in the team, you hear people in the pub, on Twitter, slating him. He's not yep. this, he's not that. I'll be I'm not saying, as well. yep. Yeah, I'm not saying he can do it every week because he can't. But he, he doesn't let us down. He puts in a shift and yeah. he came off on the hour. He probably knew he was playing 60 minutes. He came off on the hour. And he can still do a job in a in a one-off type game like that. So well, he had that, he had that, run, of, he had that run of games at, at centre-back as well where he, he didn't did. let us down. Yeah, he did. I wonder if, again, it, certain teams you can play against just because of um, you know his, his intelligence, his experience... Being in the middle of the pitch like he was, he, he you know he knew what to do. But exactly like Adam described the goal, you know he, he strode forward, strode forward, saw the space, mm. and I I I can't recall seeing him hit a shot like that for us before. Uh, you know it's, it was a really clean hit, but again massive kudos to Smell. Would have been really easy to almost kind of see the you know the the, the whites of the posts and yeah. I've got a chance here and he didn't. Played it back. It looked like it must have got a bit of a deflection because Turner seems to be very wrong-footed um, when yeah. he's on the ground. Oh, so whether man. it kind of looped a little bit yeah. from a deflection, but it's what it's what Knights is doing game in, game out, isn't it? He's getting in those opportunities Sniffing around, and yeah. not quite finishing it. So, yeah, that was good to see. Right, let's move on. 31st minute, Roberts intercepts on this occasion. He finds Knight, who combines well with Tommy Conway. Great work from Tommy to engineer the shot, but it was well saved by Turner, Adam. Yeah, reminded me of Naki's goal at Coventry. Um, very similar in terms of the way he turns and cuts inside his right foot. On that occasion at Coventry, Naki's used the inside of his foot to bend it, whereas Tommy's gone laces hard and low. But it's a great move. We look sharp, and Roberts really did well to step in front of him. Roberts is playing well here. Roberts was involved in the previous move for Kingy, and he's involved in this one. And that was stepping forward. So, so kudos to him as well for playing. Yeah. And Tommy looks sharp. Tommy was up against a bearded centre-half called Felipe, who's only played, I think Nuno said in his interview on Talk Sport on the way home, I think it's his third appearance, possibly. So he's not played a lot. And this guy was big, six foot two, six foot three, probably pushing your height patch. Um, and Tommy bullied him from this moment onwards. This was the first time Tommy got the better of him. And he didn't like it. He didn't like it off the ball. He didn't like it on the ball. And Tommy looked sharp. And it was a hell of a save. Probably not. I, I told Matt about it because he's just about to turn up at this time. So it was fresh in right. mind. But um, yeah. I, I said about it at the time, it's a hell of a chance. But when you watch it on the highlights, Tommy does better. And I really gave him credit for yeah. it. He, really, he worked the room himself, didn't he? Quick feet yeah. and worked the room. Yeah, he did. And that, that thing around Felipe patch, we then, because Adam had sort of said to me about it, we were then watching him. And when it when it sort of was at our end, um, in the, in the second half, Tommy and him were really going at it. He was stamping on Tommy's foot, but Tommy was having none of it. He was giving as good as he got, which yeah, me and Ads were like, love to see it. You know, that's a proper footballer kind of let, not letting a Premier League player get the better of him. So yeah, he wasn't intimidated at all. Okay, off right. the ball, the ball will be down the other end. Off the ball, it was still going on. Yeah, Getting it was. Yeah. The left ref and linesman, whether they didn't spot it, they just let it go. It was brilliant to see. But you're, you're right to say it was a really good save by Turner, a, a, equivalent to kind of a O'Leary's save from Gibbs White, wasn't it? You know, low yes. down, had to get a really good firm hand. Yeah, 
Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Right, least three words are in. Cup run ends. Although it was only two rounds, it felt like more of a cup run with the four matches played. We find ourselves in a familiar position where we look like we're just a piece or two away from completing the jigsaw of being a very good team. But at the moment, those missing pieces are the difference between us winning or losing these types of games. Can we get those pieces during the summer and perhaps be the next Luton, Brentford, Brighton or Burnley? Okay, thank you very much for that, Lee. Better late than never. Halftime summary from Rob has sounded like a really entertaining game with both sides giving it a good go. Mametti seems to be getting plenty of the ball and unsettling Forest, whilst Conway and Knight's pressing gets praise. Also sounds like Williams has covered a lot of ground, whilst King adding some useful experience. Goal conceded looked a bit soft, but lots of character shown to bounce back so quickly. Let's keep the positivity going. If we can get in front, their fans might turn on them. And I also picked up on a halftime comment from the exile Robin, who I know was there as well. Pretty even first half. Forrest better in forward areas and shaded the chances. Alanga is lightning with quick feet. Morgan Gibbs-White pulling the strings behind the front men, but to little success thanks to good defending and a couple of good saves from Max O'Leary. We need more composure and quality up top. Um, and then the possession stats, 56% possession to Forest, eight shots to seven in City's favour, five shots on target to City's favour, three, uh, five corners to three for City. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much a summation. Obviously, Adam Robb's halftime summary came from the radio, but sounds pretty, pretty spot on. Really good. Yeah, really good. So they must have done their job on Radio Bristol because it came across pretty much like that. We were we were in the game. Um Possession wise, what what were the possession stats? Did we get the possession stats at halftime? So yeah, 50, right 56 to Forest, 44 to City. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. So we're, we're in the game. And, and that tells you a lot about the game, really. 1 1 with equal possession stats, very similar across the board. So yeah, they've nailed it. And it was like that. We're going into the second half. We're all square. We're in a game. I was mm. fearing it a little bit. I thought with our midfield, with the players that we were missing, I didn't fancy us. In internally, I wasn't saying that outwardly. I was, I was going to win, but I didn't fancy us, and I was pleasantly surprised at halftime. Apart from the pie I had, was potentially <laughs> the hottest pie I have ever eaten. I was still at it, meander about seventy-five minutes. It was if I'd have dropped it, it would have melted the chair in front. It was the hottest <laughs> pie in the world. But apart from that, I was happy. Well, enter into the second half. Enter Matt Withers to the city ground. And uh, the first note I've got is the entering of three substitutes. Um, so we saw Knight, King and Roberts coming off, Cornick, James and Tanner coming on. And according to Radio Bristol, that lined us up 3-4-3. Three, three. Right to left, obviously Max and then Tanner, Viner, Dickey across the back, McCrory and Bell as more wingbacks, James and Williams and then Cornick, Conway and Mametti. Uh, Matt, is that how you saw that? Yeah, I had I actually been there for the last sort of ten minutes of the first half. So, um, all right, just don't ruin my script. Well, I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was. Um, again, like I said, I, I it was clearly a pre-planned situation, as as Adam said, the sort of sixty minutes. But sometimes I think you look at it, and and maybe the Roberts one is slightly different. But with Kingy. I'm not sure how many games Kingy is going to feature for the rest of the season with, with everybody back fit. 
he didn't look to me like he was struggling, leggy. Um, in fact, I'd probably say he looked the fittest I've seen Andy King in many a game for Bristol City. And he was so composed, Patch. And I'd only seen him, like I said, for the last sort of six, seven minutes in the first half. But looked comfortable on the ball, looked plenty of energy. And I was a little bit surprised they made that change. Um, and I was also then worried that Dickie was then going to the left of the three. And I know he's, you know, he has played that that before, but it just felt like we might get a little bit caught and with Sandell dropping to left wing back, again, a fairly unaccustomed position for him. Um, it worried me a little bit. And I and I do think they, they did kill us a little bit with the, the impetus that we had at that particular stage. Uh, Adam, for you, that change in formation and, uh, you know, King coming off and effectively those subs coming on, although it was the 61st minute, they were on for 60 minutes themselves in the end. Indeed, yeah. I, I think that it's a sign of how well we played in the first half that you forget the opposition we were playing against. Yeah. You know, they've... Alanga, Hudson-Odoi, Divock Rigi, Morgan Gibbs-White. Wow. You know, these are high-end Premier League players. Yeah. The Premier League has played a lot quicker. It's played at a much higher level. It's a different league than the Championship, especially where we are in the Championship. And to go toe-to-toe with them, I agree with Matt, we were in it. But my gosh, how much has that taken out of Andy King's legs? And if you stop for 15 at half time, professional footballers yeah, or not, true. I think that we could say, you give 100%. And if then if someone tells you to run a mile, you give 100%, and they say, you've got to go and do another half a mile, you're knackered. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we give credit to the boys and how they played. And let's not forget, right, the rest of the pod, I send rows around me, look at the team we're playing. We're yeah. not playing Cardiff, Huddersfield, Sheffield, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, you know. So the, the change changed it. And, the, and what I didn't spot, because I don't generally tend to take too much notice of the opposition, um, on the radio on the way back, they said that Gibbs White moved into a more central midfield position mm. on the hour mark, whether that's because we changed it or whether that's what they were going to do. And it's about this time of the match, me and you, Matt, started saying, my gosh, he's running the game now. Yeah. And we said last night, our midfield's lost a bit with it going off. Did it lose yeah. a bit? And then did Gibbs White use his did experience and quality? Yeah, did he make the difference? He, well, he they, certainly they, did because he was the class above the rest, I thought. Yeah, in the 64th and 75th minute, they, they've they made four changes. Nico Williams comes on, Tavares comes on, Callum, Callum Hudson-Odoi comes on, and uh, Awanini comes on as well. So they, they make some changes. And, and from the highlights that have been published today and listening to the radio, the second half just seemed to pass pass by, really. Wells comes on for Conway on the 75th minute. Knight LaBelle comes on for McCrory in the 83rd minute. And I've got no other real bits of note, unless you chaps have, until full time, really, um, in terms of, uh, of not four minutes injury time. And I just got a yeah. note to say that's four sets of 90 minutes against Premier League teams this season. And we still haven't lost. Um, I think the, yeah, the, the only thing for me... Um, I think both of us felt Tommy, you know, could could have stayed on. Um, but actually, in terms of the way the game panned out and the game we've got Saturday, that might not have been a bad thing. Um, but the ball just wasn't sticking patch. You you had Naki Wells up there, you had Mehdi, you had Cornick, and the defenders were defending really well. The midfielder winning the ball and then passing it, but it just wasn't sticking. I was really disappointed in Naki Wells last night. I've got to say it. 
Um, I didn't think, I thought he got bullied off the ball, which we've seen him come on for Tommy Conway and do things that Tommy wasn't, you know, his experience getting under the, the sort of ball so the defender can get it and we get a cheap free kick. I don't think he won any free kicks, maybe one. And other than the move right at the end of extra time, Naki didn't really do too much for me. Okay. And I've kind of made my mind up a little bit on Harry Cornick as well. Um, for me, Harry Cornick is not at the level we need to be at when we want to achieve what we want to achieve next season. I don't think it will be this season. And I don't mean that to reflect badly on him, but I'm just not seeing enough from him. And Nigel Pearson talked about him being able to run all day. He does, but not with any great speed. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I am bashing him, obviously, because Mameti, for me, was equally as poor off the ball. And we were constantly under pressure. And that was what was putting Sam Bell under pressure and mistakes then being made. We got a little bit sloppy at times. So, yeah, it, it, I was just disappointed how it was too easy, the ball coming back. And Forrest weren't really having to do too much with it. Okay, into extra yeah, time then. Um, hundredth minute, nice piece of individual skill from Mometti. Uh, sets up a right-footed shot. Once again, it's Turner pushing it away and out of danger. So, uh, yeah, as I say, Mometti is that sort of more of an individual type player. Uh, I think he needs to work on he's off the ball for me, Patch. A team but player. Not, yeah, off yeah. the ball, obviously, yeah. He needs to do more with that. Offensively, I didn't have a problem last night. It was off the ball. Mm. Okay. Um, 110th minute, it's Mometti to Williams, and Williams plays a neat through ball with the outside of his boot to Bell, who squares it to Naki Wells, who is almost on the goal line, and 99 times out of 100, it's quite simply a goal. But the Forest defender somehow makes a block, puts his foot in the right place, and the ball rebounds off and and the danger is cleared adam that was obviously up your end um was it yes yeah yeah yep. yes, um up your end and watching it back it's just quite unbelievable quite frankly for those of a certain age they'll remember the name for those not get under youtube google ronnie rosenthal aston villa liverpool <laughs> villa park because there's a miss up there is hello he's a professional footballer he's a goal scorer it happens it's not about him being a bad player, having a bad night, it happens. It was know, on target. If, if, if just, uh, he got <laughs> his feet in and even touched it. I'm not he sort of gets his feet it, yeah. in a mixture. Now it was so close to the line, we'd all jumped up thinking it was in because we saw yeah. the square. We were celebrating, made ourselves look like a bunch of donuts because yeah. we were celebrating, which the home end liked. But it was it was in. Like and we stood there for did, what what happened? Hey, what everybody had uh, 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 it, 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 it was kind of that was we, a goal, surely. Yeah, I, how's he missed that? What's and no, it was crazy. And, and yeah. again, you couldn't because of the way the stand was, you couldn't see the floor of the goal line to see no. kind of what happened. I've slowed it back to um quarter speed, and it seems to me as though it goes through his legs. Yes, he doesn't get the connection, and it's. Well, only he will. Well, I don't even know that he will know how he didn't score. He'll um, never do it again. It was yeah. harder. It's one of those a real cliche, harder the miss than the yeah. score. But rewind the move a little bit. The guy that played the ball through to Sam Bell was Joe Williams. Yeah, and I think at this what a stage, ball as well. Exactly. We said at eighty minutes, it got a bit. It got a bit messy. Uh, Sam Bell would drop back the left wing back. Maybe he's not that comfortable. And my God, what a shift he put in at left wing back! Fantastic. But it needed somebody to step forward and become a leader. Sometimes you can't play the football. And there's periods of a 120 cup match against a Premier League team when you've got to get a bit ugly and drag the team through. 
Joe Williams last night put in a shift which is going to last in my memory for a long, long time. Off the, so, Naki Well, that idiot Felipe, accidentally, in inverted commas, stood on Naki's hand when he was down at one point. Who was in his face, the only player? Joe Williams. Yeah. When there was a penalty missed by Sam Bell, who was the first player to walk that game? Joe Williams. When Mehmeti didn't beat the first man time and time again, who went and picked the ball up and basically told him to jog on, I'm taking it, right in front of us, Joe Williams. The tackles, he was supporting Belly, he was doubling up. And then you think, all right, well, he's a, he's a scouser, he's going to get in, he's going to get in your face. But when it matters with the ability, an outside of your foot slide ball ball in behind the defender, he showed that class that he's got as well. What a performance from Joe Williams last night. And to almost assist in setting that chance up was was deserved of, of the performance he put in because he would have had to do a lot of Kings run as well. Probably mainly when he came on. Yeah. He was superb. I'd rather not talk about Naki's miss. Let's just have a little moment for Joe Williams because I could stand yeah. and applaud him now. He was superb. Yep, good point. Um, and Matt, we've seen a, a Joe Williams that we've ex- that we expected when he signed in recent months, haven't we? So on that basis, would you be giving him a year, two year deal? So James Pierce has wrote a really good article summarising kind of the events of last night's game, and and he references Rio Ferdinand's put the paper on the table and getting to sign whatever terms he wants sort of thing when he was talking about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, we know how that works out, Rio, but um, 100% patched. And and I've, I've Joe Williams has probably been our best player for the last six weeks or so. In the cup games against really good opposition, he stood out. Last night, he was head and shoulders, possibly with the exception of Gibbs White because of what he did. But I actually think he was better than Gibbs White last night in terms of a performance. He was unbelievable, Patch. His energy, um, I hope it puts to bed comments that fans make about he can't play three games in a week, he can't do this, because he's doing it. And he he, he was non-stop last night. It was as good a performance as I've seen since the last outstanding Joe Williams performance, because mm-hmm. he's done it a few times already this season. But um, I, I would be... If you if Joe Williams doesn't get offered a new contract, probably it's going to be on less terms because he's still on his original contract, I guess, isn't he? And um, you know, he was signed at a time when we were, you know, paying big bucks. Um, so there will be a reduction, I'm sure. But you've got to look at what it would cost to replace Joe Williams in the form that he is and the way that he's playing. And absolutely, like Adam said last night, there was a moment with that Philippe. Well, no, it was with Tavares. He gave a free kick against Joe Williams, the ref, and he clearly dived. Um, and Joe Williams was right in his face telling him what he thought. And Tavares just shied away. He was having none of it. And there was a kiddie behind me saying, you know, shut your mouth, Joe. And I was shouting back out, you keep going, Joe. You show him what it's all about. Because it was what he... He, he was trying to get everyone else going, as wasn't he? He was trying the to get the crowd going. The crowd yeah. needs it, yeah. It, it was needed a captain's someone... performance on the field, a leader's yeah. performance on the field. Yes. So Adam, Joe Williams has been with us three and a half years now, signed in August yeah. 2020. Um, so, yeah, almost three and a half years. Uh, he's, he's still only 27, not 28 until December. So, yeah, for me, he, he gets a new deal of some sort. Three and a half years, he's now 27. There's a big age gap in a footballer when you get a new club, you get a bit of signed on money and you come down to Bristol and you're a scally from up north, from Wigan. You've come down, you've settled in the area, you've had your contract, you've had terrible injury problems, and maybe the lifestyle didn't help with that. But now he's 27 years old. Don't give him a one year, because he's playing for fear. That's never good for anyone. Give him a minimum of two years' time. 
And if you can have a centre midfielder that displays passion, that likes to tackle, he's a bit hot-headed, hot-headed, sorry. Well, we'll take that. He's a centre midfielder. Roy Keane was one of the best the country's ever seen. He was he was a bit hot-headed at times. Well, we've been crying Given out. That, we've been crying out for a player like that, haven't what, we? For, for what some do you time. want, Patch? Out your centre midfielders, you know? Do you want yeah. someone that's going to get the crowd going, that's going to be there, that's got your back? At the end of the game, you look at his face. You know, he's not putting that on for a new contract. He wanted it. It hurts. Do you want people that are connected to the club? And when I look at Hudson Adoy and Alanga and Divock Origi, would I want them at Bristol City? Not in a million years. I want players like Joe that I can connect with, that I feel like he's he's one of us. Yes, he's picking up a salary, and if he got to move somewhere else, he'd go tomorrow for big money. But I believe in him. I believe he wants to be here. Give him a minimum of two years and give him the armband as well. Oh, no, I'm banned as well. Okay. I mean, I, I, I would echo that. I think you. The only thing I wouldn't say is I, I would definitely have a Rigi. <laughs> Especially if he's uh, he, sp- he spawning was, goals in like that. Yeah. It, it was a. I think that's what will live in my memory was Joe Williams' performance last night. It was yeah. such a, a charismatic leader's performance that he just didn't deserve to be on the losing side. It, it was that good a performance. Right. 112th minute. Matty James volley is tipped over the bar. Oh, I say tipped over the bar or hits the bar from about 10 yards out after Forrest failed to clear a city corner. So again, two minutes later, Matt is another chance to win the game. Yeah. I, th- I didn't think it hit the bar or, or the keeper. I thought it just went straight over, but it, it was very reminiscent of kind of his, his shape for the Millwall goal at the start of the season and you're thinking you know he's got this in this in his locker um a really good connection yes he's leaning back a little bit but after the kind of knacky chance where we're all going you won't get a better chance than that and and we we didn't because that was so such a good chance but you didn't expect to then get a really good chance with Matty James on the ball and if he's on target patch with the power he hit it it mm. it's probably going to be a goal so yeah that was another one where you're thinking wow how have we not scored there there is one more chance adam 117th minute it's knight labelle to mametti up to wells the forest left back commits to the tackle wells gets away from him he bursts forward and crosses it neatly to harry cornick who just simply lacked composure and shoots wide and the execution on the shot was just all wrong all wrong Go back to Matty James, he's a technician. He showed that at Mill when he showed it last night. He kind of snatched it because he could have let it come down. But he's a brilliant technician, the way he strikes the ball. Fast forward two more minutes and you've got someone who, for whatever reason, has forgotten how to become a player, be a professional footballer. Naki did so well to turn his man and run at him. And he could have gone down. He stumbled, he stumbled. He dragged the ball. He's released it. It's, It's half a yard in front of... Cornick, if you want to be very fair to him, yeah. but as a number nine worth a million pounds in a championship team, he showed no attributes of a footballer, let alone a, a bloke with a pair of boots on his feet or a million pound player. There was no technique, there was no nothing. He slashed that it, and it's, it's nearly took me out. Actually, I was I was miles away from the goal, <laughs> and it it just sort of kind of sums up everything that is Harry Cornick at the time. I mean, even his long throws were terrible last night. They weren't even long. You know, he went to dry the ball with a towel and he dropped the bloody towel. So, come on, man. On the it's, radio, was... they were saying that the, the ball boys weren't giving him the towel. I don't know if you they saw weren't, that. Yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, he was kind of they knew there was no point. There was no was... point because you're not going to throw it long anyway, mate. Yeah. What's the point of it? Yeah, it was, he struggled was... and that summed him up, to be honest, that shot. Oh, Matt, Matt's given a dog an eyeful, I think, now. Um, right. Giving so, a dog an eyeful? <laughs> uh, a mouthful, eyeful. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there was a in the hundred and twentieth minute. I haven't seen this myself, but you might be able to draw some uh, light on this. Apparently, Sam Bell made an amazing last ditch challenge when Forest seemed to be clean through. Adam, it was there. Forest had a couple of chances leading up to this, a bit like a basketball game. The last five minutes, you think it's going to be tight, but it was end to end, end to end. We've had three chances. They probably had two or three. This was this was. Sort of, I think I was counting down a mat. Twenty seconds, you know, fifteen seconds, and he's through one on one. Sam Bell comes from nowhere and puts in a worldie of a tackle. Like a hook tackle, it, it, like a yeah. Comes yeah. sort of comes from the side of him, sort of behind him, just mm. as the guy's legs about to shoot. It's in. You in know, the we've, box? we've gone and we've lost. In the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I'd yeah. say wow. 12, 12 yards out. So if he gets it wrong, it's a penalty. Yeah. It's a it's a penalty or a goal. Um, and I think you probably take the penalty, but yeah. what a tackle. What a tackle. He got us to penalties with that tackle alone. Yep, so did. what happens next? There is zero blame coming to what happens next because he he got us there with that tackle. That was as good as a goal for a defending it, point of view. It's, it's funny because, again, James um, writes about that and says kind of Sam kind of created his own destiny with that challenge, really, because it was mm. such a, a goal-saving, game-saving challenge at the time, which actually had stemmed, I'm pretty sure, from a poor throw-in at our end of the pitch, and they broke on us really quickly. And that's where I was saying about us getting a little bit sloppy at times. Zach Viner, a couple of times, gave the ball away with a, a poorly executed pass. But Belly, he'd, he'd had a bit of a torrid time since Nico Williams had come on. A couple of times, they did long diags that he kind of got under and Nico Williams was on him. Um, but it, it honestly, Patch, because you could watch him racing back to make it and you're thinking all day long that, um, I can't pronounce his name, that, but the lad up front that they brought on. Um, Wani, Awai, yeah. Awai, 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 yeah. Um, you thought all day long he's going to score because he's, he's been a massive miss for Forrest. He was one who was scoring lots of goals for them. Um, so yeah, it was it was a brilliant challenge, mate. Okay, um, right, and that took us to penalties. And at this point, uh, Tim Knowles sent uh, did a little group chat video, and uh, we managed to watch some of it, which was which was good of him. But uh, it ended ended in defeat five three. Nostan Forest didn't mit, didn't miss a penalty. Obviously, Sam Bell did, but yeah, not apportioning any blame to to him. And it just wasn't meant to be. But uh, as I said at the very start, a proud display. Uh, another. Another game where we've gone uh, and equaled a Premier Premier League side. And Matt, take us through to the ratings, please. I will do just just on the pens patch. There were a few comments as I was walking out about Max O'Leary, and you know, if you're going to dive, you've got to fully commit. And Max was it no way at fault um, in terms of those penalties. They were really good penalties from from Nottingham Forest. Even that last actually, one where he got his hand to, it was yeah, still a lot of power on it. It was still a lot from. of power. Sam's the the only thing you would say with Sam's was was maybe his his body shape indicated that's where he was going, but he, it wasn't a poorly struck penalty. It was hit with pace. You know, you talk about nice heights for the keeper. Yeah, if that's hit high into the net, he scores. Um, but you just didn't want it to be anybody. I mean, I I said to to add, I kind of didn't want it to be Cornick or Mometti because you know they they still need yeah. to win some of the fan base over and we've mm. talked tonight you know I've said about both of them so you didn't want that um, and you just felt with, with Sam Bell you know when he was walking out and fans have sort of said well why didn't Williams take one and why didn't Matty James take one and why didn't 
it's always about oh, who God, wants yeah. to take one and who's got the confidence. You know, I don't know if you boys have ever been in penalty shootouts and yep. taking pens and stuff, but yeah, it yeah. is absolutely that. Who wants to take it? Who feels brave enough? You've so got about I've 20, never you've got, got a about, problem with it. You've got about five or six permutations of what you're yeah. going to do. You just yeah. have to make yeah. your mind up and stick with it. Otherwise, you're yeah. going to just completely fluff it up and hit yeah. it down the middle. And, and he's a big unit, that Turner in goal. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, he's, a, he's an international, so yeah, no, like I said, I'm not, no, no blame portion whatsoever with that. I've, I've seen uh, that Musa Niaki, Niakati, the, the yeah. number 19, he apparently came over to Sambao at the end, put his arm yeah, around him, and spoke to yeah. him for at length and got him to pick his head and, up. I'm sure Joe Williams was there or thereabouts as well. So, like yeah. Adam said, Joe, Joe was the first out to him, you know, and I'm not, I, I don't mean this to be disrespectful to Matty James's captain. But Joe Williams walked out from the halfway line to pass the centre circle to meet Sam Bell walking back and telling him. And, you know, Liam Manning at the end and Khalifa Cisse, they were all, you know, putting their arms around him, Tommy Conway. And I don't know if it came across on the radio, but the fans from the moment that final penalty went in and they won the game mm. were singing Sam Bell, he's one of our own. You no, know, I didn't to hear a that. man, woman and child ads, weren't they? There was no... Yeah, 100%. You know, and I've, I've watched... David Moyes missed penalties in Wembley finals. Gordon Owen missed penalties in playoff, you know, big games. And you've seen a real reaction to him. Um, I mean, Gordon Owen kind of disappeared off the face of the oh, earth almost afterwards. <laughs> Whereas with Sammy Bell, fans were like, nah, you, you know, fair play, you know, the tackle and his performance as well last night. So yeah, it was yeah. it was quality. Just just on the end, Math, before we do the, the notes. Mm. When people travel. And the fact the players do not come within 45 yards of the away end, I am the first one to get on every social media platform. Yep. Last night, they were almost in the away end. The, yeah. It was the FA Cup shirts, shirts, they could they, get yeah. rid of them. Yeah. But Manning, they all came up. Dickie was right there. They were five to 10 yards away. And again, the collectiveness of fans and players, which we haven't seen for a long time, was there for all to see. They weren't. Sometimes they're afraid to come in the 18-yard box, but they were right with us. They were clearly absolutely devastated. Tommy Conway would not let go of his best mate Sam Bell. Sorry, Alex Scott, if you're listening, he would not let go of his little best mate Sam Bell. And the love that was pouring out of that way end towards that young lad should tell him just what everyone thinks of him. And yeah. together, Manning was there with us, and it was brilliant. And that. That picked me up. They had that bloody song playing again over the PA system, yeah. but it was it was really good to be as one with the players and the fans at the end of that. It, do, do you know what I think as well, Adam? With with that reaction, you're walking out gutted and disappointed, but it goes back to your your words right at the start, Patch. It was pride, um, and as I was walking back to the car going across the Trent Bridge there was a young girl behind me and she was making some kind of, oh, I bet Bristol City fans are crying. And, and I just turned around and not, not aggressive or I just said, no, we're not, we're not crying. We love, we're, um, we're really, really proud of our team. We've just taken you into getting the better lead. Um, good luck in the next round, but you know, I'm quite happy with the way we've played. Um, and she obviously didn't know, know what to say. So, um, but yeah, it was, it, it was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant um, atmosphere from the fans and yeah, rightly rewarded. Um, about some, uh, okay, to, some guesses as well. Yeah, in terms of ratings, um, obviously the numbers will have been down because not many people have watched it and, and some may not even have listened to it. But um, we've gone from 7.17 from Steve, 3581, up to Suited Recluse at 8.63. 
Um, and I think, again, we, we kind of mention it. <clears throat> this is an average player rating. It's not a performance rating for the team. I think a performance rating for the team, you you are easily looking at eight and a half, nine, because the shift they put in and everything else. Um, and maybe there's, a again, a little bit of generosity with some of the, the, the ratings that I've put in. But I'll also go back to Adam's point around, but you have to bear in mind, again, this is against Premier League opposition, an opposition that can bring on players that are multi-million pound, got a midfielder of 45 million. So, you know, you've got to play that into account as well. So, but by all means, you know, challenge away. And, and I guess, you know, probably from, from Adam's point of view, would be in there. Um, so Max O'Leary, um, I actually went eight and I know we didn't, he didn't save the pens, and but he made again three or four really, really big saves. And actually, last night I can't recall from a distribution point of view him wasting any. I genuinely can't yeah, recall yeah, yeah. him kicking a ball out of touch. But I thought it was a really composed performance. You didn't feel like when the balls were coming across for crosses, numerous corners in the second half, and extra time that he collected. Um, and I know, you know, when we say six is what we expect in, but again, I'm looking at the opposition and the way that the, the big saves he's made. So I'm, I've gone eight for Max. Yeah, played a sweeper role quite well in the second he half. He did. Yeah. Edge of the box, he played a sweeper role very well. Yeah, it was a good show, yeah, eight. He did. Um, Ross McCrory, I've gone seven. Um, again, worked his socks off. You still, you can see Ross still obviously isn't anywhere near 100%. And I don't think we'll see that this season. But worked his absolute socks off. But again, I'm, I'm going a, a point above because of who he's up against and what he's doing. Similarly, on the left-hand side with, with Hayden Roberts, I've gone seven. Hayden's probably a six in all honesty. But actually, bearing in mind that's again his first game since probably October. Um, and what I like about Hayden Roberts, and he's probably slightly different to Cam Pring, He's probably more, or not probably, he's more of a footballer than Campring in terms of looks to pass the ball. The 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 Tommy Conway chance that we, or no, may even been a, the goal that we referenced. It was his ball inside to King rather than going up the line or switching it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've I've gone seven for Hayden as well. He he was up against Alanga for a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, listen, yeah. these aren't championship players. You're yeah. up against Alanga, and he hasn't yeah. played for so many months. So totally. great performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the two centre-backs, um, I've gone um, eight for Rob, eight for Zach, because, again, we we kept them down to very, very little. Um, there weren't clear chances. If if this was probably a league game in the Championship, I probably would be looking at sevens at best and maybe even sixes because, as I say, distribution-wise wasn't there. But, you know, I, I've got to keep saying it and reiterating it, is what you're playing against and they didn't look out of place. I, you know, Adam's point about I wouldn't take Origi and blah blah blah. I wouldn't have taken their centre halves over our two centre halves last night. They they no. brought the ball out equally as well and looked us up for it. So yeah. Um, and then from a sub point of view at the back with the the players coming on, um, George I've gone seven. Jamie Knight Labelle I've gone seven. Probably more from a Jamie Knight Labelle point of view that you know this is a young lad who. If I'm right, I think came on it maybe Cardiff, um, but it's been in and around, you know, and has, has maybe made a, a sub appearance. But he was winning headers, he was driving forward. I think it was his 
um, initial challenge that we then got the breakaway with Naki. So, yeah, for, for Jamie, I've gone seven as well. Can I um, just, on the Zoom call, make a, an action of a throw-in yep. um, and bring in Mr. Tanner on that? You can. And we're still going the same same score from line. No, I, I, I get I get what you're saying. That's that's probably where I'm kind of a little bit heart ruling head. What's um, this? What's this? To an extent, just just again, he's lost when he's taking a throw in. He doesn't oh, right, know where okay. to give it, and it cost us ads, didn't it? He, he gave one, yeah. which was just terribly executed. Gave one. I think I think there was probably three. You can't. And, and yeah. I was saying to my nine year olds, if you can't do anything, throw it as far as you can down the line away from danger. Yeah. And he did it finally, and you thought he's finally clicked it because he, he looked. They look dangerous when he had the ball in his hands yeah. for a throw-in. So, and I think the thing is, when I when he him loses, for a six because I didn't think he was. A yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, midfield-wise, I've gone seven for Andy King, seven for Matty James because when Matty James came on, although he didn't have the pace, again we were still controlling the ball, especially in that second half. But actually, it feels like Andy King should be higher than that because of, again, that break that he had. And and I genuinely felt, even though I only saw the 10 minutes, he really was controlling it. So I think he's probably more of an eight. I don't know if you agree, Ads. Yeah, for the time he was on the pitch, yeah. What else could he have done? Yeah, I'd yeah. give him an eight. Yeah, like that. Um, Joe Williams, um, and this has been a bit of a cup theme with Joe Williams, and I didn't realise that until I'd looked at it. Joe Williams was, as I said, head and shoulders for me, the best player on the pitch. So, I, I, and best player not with an eight and, and an, um, an asterisk to say it's a man of the match with an eight. He's a nine for me. It was just that good a performance. And that was, that's three nines he's got in the two West Ham games. Um, and then with this one. So, it's all I, I wanted to bring into this. I wasn't going to comment on this apart yeah. from, I've got it written in front of me. It's got to be a nine. Cause if that's yeah. not a number nine performance, you're never getting one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so man, man in a match for Joe. Yeah. Um, 90, I've gone seven. Um, that probably championship wise would be a six, put a lot of effort in again as he did. Obviously got subbed early. I don't know whether that's more in mind of the weekend. And, and again, me and Adam had a conversation. For the goal. Yeah, yeah, good composure. We had a conversation. Could he have dropped back into midfield, you know, and have been a bit deeper from that point of view? Would that have been an option? But I went I went seven for 90. Um, I went seven for Anis, and I know it sounded like I was, and I, I probably was slagging him a little bit, but again, like I said, it was more around being out of possession and switching off a little bit. Going forward, he had a couple of really good shots that the keeper saved, but same again. What's his expectation, Matt? What's he on the pitch? Yeah. What's yeah. the minimum expectation he can deliver? Yeah. I'm not going to argue with every point on this, but somebody in the crowd, very close to you, so you're on right hand side, yeah. shouted out a moment of bonus. You've got to want it as much as we do, Anis. Yeah. Because he was... didn't want it. It felt and like that, ads, didn't it? Yeah. I know that's the type of player he is, and he can be frustrating. But if six is the minimum we expect from a player. We expect that player to, when he's on the ball, to, to produce a couple of little bits of magic and freedom. He did that a couple of times. He did yeah. nothing else for me. Nothing else. Well, you and saw, when you, you saw Mabu, more of it. Yeah. When Mabude, correct me if I'm wrong, Patch. Mabude. Mabude, I think. But yeah. Mabude. Well, Mabude, he's going to be named. He's going to be that <laughs> good. Yeah. When we see the best of him, um, I think we will be struggling to see much of 
Anas Mameti, put that on record and snip it that way. Mameti gets is, player of the year next it, season. It, but. it is a good point, Ads, and, and it was a great shout from you in, in the crowd, a number of shouts from you in the crowd. But there was like, a lad it's next, not like ads to do shouts from the crowd. There was a lad next to me as well. We had a corner and the lad next to me said, beat the first man. All you got to do is beat the first man. And what does he do? He hits the oh, first man. And I then shout out, Christ, Anis, he's even telling you what you need to do. <laughs> um, so it was frustrating. So you're right. Again, it was it was heart overhead. It is a six. Okay. Um, Tommy, I've gone seven. Worked really hard. Um talked about the Felipe situation and I'm not I'm not going to say the ball always stuck with Tommy up there but it stuck far more than it it did after he was off the pitch saving graces that you know he's going to be a bit fresher for the weekend so that's a good thing um Sam Bell I've gone eight and I've gone eight because he played in a couple of positions didn't let us down and, and again that tackle is worthy of a goal from that point of view the penalties you can just forget about but it I thought it was a performance from Sam where he was he was relentless. Really, his energy levels were really good. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was an eight for me. And then with Naki, I've gone six. I was disappointed, as I say, with Naki taking that great running ball across. I'm not even considering the the chance he missed on on that one. I just didn't feel his play generally was he was wasn't doing enough for the team. That like I said, the forward line didn't do enough when we made those substitutes. Um, and that puts us on the back foot. So, yeah. So, okay. on that basis, we get an average of 7.19. And as we say, this, you know, the player's average rating, I think, is performance-wise was more than that. So, um, Steve3581 with 7.17. Oh, well done, Steve3581. So, get in touch with us on uh, Twitter or on email, 3piapc at gmail.com. Send your address through and... Uh, Postman Matt, as he is now known, Postman will get one out to you. Exactly. Gents, as this evolves, this ever-evolving um, match ratings, in golf you have a slope rating for the difficulty of the course. Ooh. Can I can I throw a little grenade in for season 24-25 that we have a slope rating what, for, for the team we're playing? Or? Mm, possibly. Whether you, away. you ally that to... Home or away or top of the league, bottom of the league. I I'll leave it there. I probably should have said it off air, but now maybe, I've maybe, it, maybe, there. maybe you could have discussed this with Matt during some downtime in the game yesterday. <laughs> too busy eating his pie. I'm not coming on till next season now. Too, so too busy right, blowing on his pie to cool it down. <laughs> there is and, and and maybe there's a there is that thing around what's the rating for the actual team performance. Um you know, as opposed to just the players' averages. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if Sam Bell gets an eight, playing left wing back against Nico Williams and quality players like that, what would he get if we were playing Huddersfield, playing that same position? But, you know, I don't want to... Don't, it's already confusing enough in, that it is trying to figure in, out in, two in decimal current, places. In the current climate, he'd get an eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the boss, Pat. No, You're good, the boss. Well, no, Matt's, yeah, Matt's the boss of the ratings. There's a, there's a bit of a, you know, what's, what's the team what's the performance rating as opposed to the player average as well i think you but... can look at a performance and you and you can i i look at that and think what would i give that out of 10 yeah I what would really you think what would what so thinking what... last night i don't know you listened to it but what take you as what would you have given the team performance last night out of 10 
big eights, 8.5, 8.8, exactly. you know, right there. Whereas yeah. the, the players average is 7.19. So I think from next season, yeah. we'll introduce the, the two. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Right. Okay. We'll come come back to that one. Um, right. Before we go, obviously, the, the, the fixture list rolls on. We've got Middlesbrough away on Saturday, Southampton at home on Tuesday, and then QPR at home on the following um Saturday as well. So it's it's constant. Um hoping to have players back from injury. So we might see a different lineup or definitely a different lineup on Saturday with Pring and TGH coming back from suspension and then a few players coming back from injury, whether Twine's ready, whether Mabude's ready. Uh we shall see. Um so that remains to be seen. But before we go, I just want to say a massive pride that I've been able to be part of the launch of the Bristol City Heritage and Archive Limited. Um, please do have a look at the video um, on Bristol City's page to learn more about that. I'm not going to repeat all of the, the, the bits and pieces from that video, but it's effectively securing the past for the future generations of mixtures of memorabilia, player photography, little niche things that you've that people have acquired over the years and just making sure that it's kept, whether physically or digitally, for future generations. So part of that um as well, we we've launched the 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 Robins, the 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 legacy numbers, which goes from Hamlet Horatio Hammer Clements, number one, all the way up to Scott Twine, who is number one one seven six. So have a look at that if you haven't done so already. Um, I'll bring Adam in because I know he had an evening spent looking through all those players and uh, reliving some memories from the past and then getting up in his loft to see what he could find. So, Adam, your thoughts on that as a lifelong City fan? Well, it was brilliant. It's brilliant to always heart back to it. And Sonny's now nine and he says, oh, Dad, you always talk about the good old days, the good old days. And But it's, it was brilliant and it... It even got me, and at, at 10 o'clock at night, I climbed up into my attic and I started looking through all my old signed shirts. And I've got, I went through a stage of always getting every shirt at the end of every season signed by just being down the tunnel um, and in the car park because you could do that back then. So I got a load of old signed shirts, like a load of old programs. Um, and I, I have mentioned that all of my tat, which is what it is, which is what my wife calls it, is so special to me. I'm very wary to you, Patch, that you might very politely decline. You don't want my whole collection of programs from 1980 right through 1989. And I don't take offense with you saying that, but I understand <laughs> that you've probably got enough programs and the like. But it's just brilliant. It is, it's really good. And I love the numbering of the players and legacy, be good numbers. To see yeah. legacy numbers. Yeah, it'd be good to see player 1177 come on, hopefully, on Saturday, which yeah. will be Mabudi, maybe. Mabudi, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I loved it. Mabudi. It'll be good to get in the car on the way on a, in the pub to chat with the rest of the boys um, who've supported City for, I mean, I'm 35 years probably now, but they're even more, to see what tap they've got and that old clock that your dad used to have with Best Bitter on there and the Bristol glass. It's just going to be a good thing to chat about in the pubs and hopefully we get to see things that have been lost in people's sheds and, and, and attics and stuff for years. And it's just great to have that archive on. So, well done to everyone. I Scott Davidson and yourself, and a lot of people put stuff into it and former players and all of this link to the past that the club now seems to be accepting of and supporting, I think is fantastic. Um, you know, you've got to tip your hat to the, the players of, of yesteryear. And I've also, sorry to rant on about it, but I've also spoke to some friends whose whose fathers and grandfathers have passed on. And I've I've sent the links to them and, and they think this is brilliant. And it's kind of got that connection with them as well. I spoke to Kelly, a friend of mine I haven't spoken to in a long time, and 
Tony used to be a season to get older in the 60s and 70s. And I said, if we can maybe get some recognition for your dad or something somewhere along the line and get that old rosette that you used to always wear, it's brilliant. And I know a lot of the older generation, especially, you know, senior red sort of things, they, they'll be loving that. But I am, and I'm, I'm a long way off senior reds yet. <laughs> but it's brilliant. So well, well done, mate. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and obviously not taking credit for for it, but part of part of a team of people that have that have had uh, been involved in collect starting to collect this this uh, these arch these archive materials. It's in. Important to say as well, Patch, that there's still absolutely within the sporting court very much an ambition to have, you know, a, a museum if you like somewhere where where stuff can be displayed. This is about the digital element and being a seer. You imagine being related to someone. That played for Bristol City, and you're, you're a grandchild or a great grandchild. They can now go on and see a photo of that person, and the way those photos have been digitally enhanced in that is amazing. So, no huge credit. Um, and I just want—I don't want to call out um, a, a chap who I know definitely listens to this podcast. Who uh, Adrian Shepherd, who yeah. um, in conjunction with David Woods and the archive material that he's that he's had access to as club historian um the fact that they've tracked all this back and checked it and uh, and have come up with a list now with some permutations obviously which are all uh, outlined in terms of what's what doesn't count expunged matches and war, war war games and 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 all of that sort of stuff so have a look if you haven't done so already and and I did a little thing on the night it was launched put the number under this tweet of the first of the first play of the lowest placed <laughs> lowest placed How legacy you number. Like, you yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So so the the lowest number that you've seen play live, and I think mine was mine was definitely Rob Newman. Um so if you haven't done so already, get get involved. Get involved in that. So um yeah, it, it's just looking through and seeing all those all those numbers and, and anyone who's who's played and met those met those conditions in a senior match um has a number so rob newman 657 there you go that's my lowest number that i've seen play live for bristol city um so yeah if you haven't done so already 582 chrissy garland maybe oh, was, oh was, yeah fantastic yeah 582 chris garland yeah adam i'm on yours. that straight after this i didn't even do it patch to be honest i'm on it straight after this so unbelievable i will be on right. it straight after this we'll leave it there more to follow on all of that i'm sure as as time progresses but um big thanks to adam and just matt one sorry mate just, just one, one final thing, thing. Just one final thing which i did quite often didn't i um i just saw a post on facebook about it whenever i come I to you and say matt and anything, say else? anything no, else nothing say, yeah i know yeah <laughs> um but i saw a note about a, a, a city fan well-known city fan martin amos passing um, so just to say thoughts are with with Martin and his family. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the, the city faithful, yeah. Well done. Well said. Right. Cheers, both. Thanks for bringing to life a game that I only heard and have watched highlights on. And hopefully it's been a well, uh, it's been well received from people who also fall into that category. Unbelievable that there is no stream available um, yeah. anywhere, anywhere in the world. So, uh, Matt, you got there in the end. Got there in the end. And thank you, Mr. Gould, for uh, keeping me a seat. So, yeah, much appreciated. Yeah. And Great to keep... see you. We, we go again next year in the Cup, boys, don't we? We, we go do. again next yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Cheers, all. Take, Take care. care. Follow us over on X at Cheers, 3PIAPC. We'll be back soon. Cheers, all. Take care.
screen.